In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation and as always, it's great to be with you. Hopefully you had a very peaceful, restful and holy weekend. And as always, we'd like to start off by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's invite Mary to pray with us, to pray for us, and to encourage us by her maternal presence, never forgetting that Mary is the mother of God, Mary is the mother of the church, but she's the mother of each and every one of us, and she's our life, our sweetness, and our hope, together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, my friends, we would like to invite our spiritual director to be with us. And our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many beautiful names among which would be the Holy Spirit is the paraclete. Holy Spirit is the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit Holy Spirit is the sanctifier. The Holy Spirit is our Consoler as well as our Counselor. Letter St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, we read that St. Paul says that we really don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so we can say Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So let's uh, beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light in our intellect. And the fire of divine love to burn within our hearts as we pray. 
Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Francis Xavier Cabrini, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So my friends, the family that prays together stays together. And we always start off our conversation by praying together to Mary, the Holy Spirit, the angels, and the saints. And then... By means of encouragement, I promise to pray for you and the greatest of all prayers. And that would be the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The holy sacrifice of the Mass. Holy sacrifice of the Mass is by far the greatest of all prayers. So I'd like to place you on the altar. And pray first that all of us would be open to the workings of the Holy Spirit. That we'd be open to the workings of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this can be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be to place on the altar all of your families, your family members, especially those family members that have walked away from God. We've chosen 
a wrong path, that they would come back. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said that what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What would it profit a man if he gains the whole world gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process. So I'd like to pray that our family members will will come back to God. Only God can give us true happiness. My last intention will be of great importance, as always, to pray for those who will be dying today. Pray for those who who will be dying today. That they will be saved. like to place them on the altar. Many will be dying today and perhaps there are, there are many that are not well prepared that they would have recourse to God's infinite mercy and be saved. So my friends, those are the intentions I'd like to place on the altar today in the holy sacrifice of the Mass which is the greatest of all prayers. My friends and Perseverance family, today we've got a lot to cover, as always. So, first uh, we have a first American American citizen that was canonized as a saint. And the name of that saint is Saint Francis Xavier Cabrini. We'll talk, we'll talk a little bit about her. Then, the first reading, we go back to the Old Testament and we're reading the very beginning of the Book of Wisdom. And then the responsorial psalm is taken from Psalm 139. The antiphon is, Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. Guide me, Lord, along the everlasting way. So, We arrive at the Gospel. The Gospel today is taken from Luke chapter 17, verse 1 to 6. And the Gospel today, taken from St. Luke, is one of the Gospels where we have the strongest words, our Lord, in all sacred scripture. 
one of the strongest words we have of the Lord in sacred scripture. Father Benedict Rochelle spoke about what is called the what is called the Millstone Award. The Millstone Award. So there we have it. I'd like to try to go go through these three basic uh, ideas. The great saint we celebrate today, the Book of Wisdom, and brief commentary in the Psalm. And then I'd like to talk <coughs> about the Gospel today, the Millstone Award, which is related to scandal. Here's a brief summary of the saint that we celebrate today. The saint we celebrate today, her name is St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. She was born on a farm in Italy, the youngest of 13 children. And she lived from 1850 to 1917 when Our Lady of Fatima had appeared to the children. As a little child, uh, Francis Cabrini already was thinking about becoming a missionary. And even what she did as a little child, she would make these, these paper boats and she put these violets and she would send them sailing down the canal by her uncle's house. And what she was doing, she was pretending that the violets were missionaries going to faraway islands. And Right now, Mary Jo Abbott has posted a comment that I heard about six weeks ago. And she says, Mary Jo says that a movie is just coming out about the life of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini in the public theaters. Thank you, Mary Jo, for, for reminding us. So uh, we'll keep you posted. I'm looking forward to seeing this movie that will come out. On the life of Francis Xavier Cabrini. So thank you Mary Jo and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep you posted and hopefully all of us will be enriched by this movie coming out of this first American citizen who was canonized. So when she's 18, 
she wanted to become a sister. And it's interesting how divine providence works. She wanted to dedicate herself to God. And to become a sister. So, th- But three times she asked to enter the convent. Each time the sisters said her health was not good enough. So God was working in kind of a hidden, mysterious way because God had other plans for her. So she started to teach and work at an orphanage. And then she herself, how, how, how ironical it is. She was not accepted in three different convents, so she founded her own order. How, how, um, paradoxical, how ironical that is. But God was, uh, God, God is in control. And these are the missionary sisters of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And kind of like Mother Teresa, several of the orphan girls actually joined her in this new order that she founded. And she took as name Francis Xavier in honor of the great missionary Francis Xavier who went to the Indies and Japan and died on the island of San Chan overlooking Maine mainland China. Francis, St. Francis Cabrini, Francis Cabrini, felt like Francis Xavier that she wanted to go to the Far East, to go to India, to go to possibly China, Japan, And she actually had an audience with a pope whose name was Leo XIII. And the Leo XIII told her, do not go east, go to the west. You're choosing the wrong direction. Don't go east, but go to the west. So he wanted her to go, guess where? To the United States. And the reason being is that there were many Italian immigrants... There's a lot of Italian immigrants that were pouring into the United States and especially into New York and some of the other big cities and they couldn't speak the language, they couldn't get work. It was a tough life. So Francis Xavier went there to help out the immigrants, the Italian immigrants. And Mark has just posted outside Denver, there's a wonderful shrine in Morrison, Colorado, 
where St. Cabrini had a house. This area had no running water until St. Cabrini struck a rock with her staff and water flowed. Thank you, Mark. And Mark said that was his favorite place to go as a child. Thank you, Mark. Some wonderful, wonderful um, posting today. Thank you very much. In honor of this this great saint, talking about St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. So she was there to comfort, console, to help the poor Italian immigrants. So when Mother Cabrini arrives in New York with six sisters, this was uh, around the year 1889, yes. It was kind of like St. John Bosco, and she's living almost the same time as St. John Bosco, in the wake of what is called the Industrial Revolution and ended by making many changes in the society. The Industrial Revolution was such that people were moving from the rural area of the farms and to the Orbe, the city, where they were working in factories and many families were upset and became unstable. So John Bosco will be working in Turin and Mother Cabrini in New York and other cities. So what she did was, like John Bosco, she found many boys and girls whose parents had died. And many others, they just roamed the streets while their parents worked. So it happened only a few weeks after that she arrived. The She and the six missionary sisters. Uh, she set up an appointment and she talked to the Archbishop of New York. She asked the Archbishop to let her open up an orphanage. The Bishop was afraid that they sim- she didn't have enough money. She had $5,000 which to open up. Today that would be very little. Back then a little bit more but still not enough. $5,000. So the Archbishop was thinking this would not this would not, this could help out for a short time, but not on a permanent basis. But this uh, incredible woman of faith, Francis Cabrini, said that in the Our Father, we ask God to give bread only for a day. And not for a year. For a day. And not for a year.
So as a result of that, what could the bishop say? <laughs> See, this was a woman of great faith and trust in God. So as a result of her great faith and that response, hey, Archbishop, give us this day our daily bread, not our yearly bread, the bishop <laughs> allowed her to open up the orphanage. So this woman was incredible. Her prayer life, her work ethic, her business skills were incredible. And to make it even more difficult, if any of you are foreigners... and you've come perhaps from South America or Mexico to another country, you all know it's not always easy to learn a language. So Mother Mother Karina really never learned English, English, (laughs) English well. Rather, always spoke somewhat of a broken English. But people know that her heart was filled with love. So she came in, she helped especially many of the Italians, immigrants. So she was in, instrumental in building schools, hospitals, and orphanages. Those three things. Building schools, orphanages, and hospitals. But she had such a universal heart that she also was instrumental in founding schools in South America. Catholic means universal. Listen to this. How much work she did in such a short time. In 35 years, Mother Cabrini founded nearly 70 institutions. And she crossed the ocean 30 times. She was turned down three times in Italy from entering the convent because she didn't have enough health. (laughs) Well, God did provide. God did provide. So Mother Cabrini, she became an American citizen before she died. You know how she died? She actually died in Chicago in one of her hospitals of malaria. Yeah. So she's the first American citizen to be proclaimed a saint. And then she would be canonized 
in the year 1946. And of course, she's the patron of Italy, but also she's the patron of immigrants. So I honestly believe that we should be praying to her because of the war in Ukraine, because of the war in Israel. In the United States, there are many immigrants coming into our country now. I think we have to pray to St. Francis Xavier Cabrini to help us. To help us. Remembering the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Matthew, in the name of that movie, uh, the name of the, the, it's Matthew chapter 25. Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a foreigner and you welcomed me. I was sick and in prison and you came to visit me. When? Whenever you did it to the least of my brothers, then you did it to, you did it to me. Those are the words that should characterize our following of Christ and treating other people. So let's ask St. Francis Xavier Cabrini for three graces today. As Gina has just pointed out, the movie Angel Studios is going to be coming out. And Christy is asking the question, what movie? It, it will be a movie that Mark mentioned, now Gina has mentioned, on St. Francis Cabrini. It will be coming out. So we'll try to keep you posted. Many of you are, are, are ahead of me on these, these advertisements. So you'll keep us posted. Thank you. So let's ask St. Francis Xavier Cabrini to help us to be open to divine providence. To be open to divine providence, how God works. She was purposely rejected three times so that she would establish her own religious order and come to the United States. Next, let's ask, let's ask Francis Cabrini to, to give us the grace to help out people. To be of service to people. That's right. To be of service to people. And also, let's ask St. Francis Xavier Cabrini for this grace. I'm going to say now, it's very important, and it's in the teaching of Vatican II and John Paul II and Mother Teresa, and it's this. 
that my friends, Francis Xavier Cabrini was a great missionary that came from Italy to the United States. However, this has to be said, that we are a missionary church. That's right, that we are a, we are a missionary church. We are a missionary church. We are called to be missionary. May the prayers of Francis Xavier Cabrini help us to be truly missionaries. Actually, the last words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 28 were, go out to the whole world. Teach them all that I taught you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Behold, I am with you always, even until the end of time. So Christy is a new follower of ours on Perseverance. Great to have you, Christy. We start this talk every morning, our Perseverance family, at 7.30 to 8.30. Then I take a short break. And then I actually give another talk from 9 to 10, but in Spanish. So I've been, it's great to have new members in our Perseverance family. Invite all of you to invite your friends to join us so that we can learn together and share. We've had a lot of, we've had a lot of, uh, good interventions. And Mark is, Inviting a lot of people when they go to Denver to see the shrine on the outskirts of Denver. By the way, we as Oblates, we have a, we as Oblates, we actually have a church downtown Denver called the Holy Ghost. So, if you're ever there, visit the shrine and visit the Oblates. I'm sure probably Mark and his wife has, they've probably been to our church, Holy Ghost. So going back to the concept of concept of missionaries, Francis Xavier Cabrini challenges all of us to be missionaries. Challenging all of us to be missionaries. I would say, in honor of Francis Cabrini, that the two greatest missionaries, the two greatest missionaries that we had last century, and I think all of you would agree to this, would be John Paul II and Mother Teresa of Calcutta. What do you think? I would say that they would two to be the two greatest missionaries that we had last century. John Paul II and Mother Teresa of Calcutta. John Paul II. 
John Paul II and Mother Teresa of Calcutta. There's no one ever traveled so far and wide as Pope John Paul II. And John Paul II, not only did he travel far and wide, but John Paul II also he also he was a prolific writer. His greatest writing would be the Catechism of the Catholic Church. But he was a prolific writer. And related to the missionary work, John Paul II, actually he wrote an encyclical An encyclical. And the name of the encyclical is Missio Redentoris. And that would be, in English, the mission of the Redeemer. In which Pope John Paul II states very clearly that all of us are called to be missionaries. We're all called to be missionaries actually from our baptism. Once baptized, you are anointed as priest, prophet, and king. Priest to offer the common priesthood of the faithful. King that we govern our passions and we serve others. But also prophet, prophet, the prophetic role is to preach and promote the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. By word and by deed. Now, related to this topic of being a missionary, Jesus says the harvest is rich and the laborers are few. Jesus said this, that the best mission territory in the world would be what? What do you think? John Paul II said the best mission mission territories in the world, he said, are big cities. 
That's right, our big cities. New York. Chicago. Philadelphia. Rome. Paris. Buenos Aires. Manila. Cebu. Where I am, I'm in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is actually, some of you, you know this, is the biggest diocese in the whole country. The harvest is rich. The laborers are just too few. So all of us, my friends, all of us, my friends, are called to be missionaries. All of us are called to be missionaries. It's true, our own backyard, as Christie has mentioned, and starting in our own families. But also big cities are places where a lot of good missionary work can be done. The harvest is rich, the labors are few. So I'd like to take I'd like to take my friends the first reading that we start the book of wisdom and just give you a brief definition of what wisdom is and then you can read through and meditate on the seven verses. Wisdom, my friends, is very important and it happens to be, wisdom, it happens to be, my friends, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Not only is it one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but it is also the first and the greatest gifts of the Holy Spirit according to St. Thomas Aquinas. And what wisdom is, this is a short Thomistic definition, Thomas Aquinas, wisdom is to Wisdom is to relish the things of God. The psalm has a taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. One of the examples I've given is when you take your child to a ice cream parlor like Baskin and Robbins and you buy your little four-year-old a a nice big ice cream cone and there you see your little son licking that ice cream cone just relishing every lick of the ice cream cone. So as your little child, we too, we all like ice cream probably, as your child was relishing every lick of the ice cream cone. 
So we should relish the things of God. We should relish the things of God. To relish the things of God. That means we relish coming together in our perseverance family. We relish our time for prayer. We relish our sacramental life. We relish going to Holy Mass. We relish also receiving Holy Communion, the Bread of Life. We relish reading, studying, and meditating upon the Bible, the Word of God. We relish all these things that are related to God. That's the gift, that's the, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. My founder, Venerable Bruno Lanteri, loved this first verse, especially, he loved this, think of the Lord in goodness. My founder loved that. Think of the Lord in good, in goodness. And my friends, we have to recognize God is good. God is loving. God is kind. God is compassionate. God is merciful. We have to be convinced of the goodness of God and all that refers to God. God is the essence of goodness. So once we're convinced of the goodness of God as as missionaries like Francis Xavier Cabrini, as teachers, as catechists, we'll be able to communicate the goodness of God by our words and by our life and to we will be like a a magnet attracting other people to God by the goodness that we've experienced of God in our own lives. You know, we can't give what we don't have. So that's uh, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is to relish the things of God and as the psalmist points out, taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be given to you beside. Yes, my friends. So, that takes us to the Holy Gospel. It's the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Chapter 17, 1-6. As mentioned earlier, it's a very, very strong Gospel. It's a very strong gospel. And Jesus says to his disciples as well as to us that sin sin will 
inevitably occur. It's going to happen. But Jesus says, but woe But woe to him to whom they occur. Now what Jesus is speaking about here is scandal. Especially the scandalizing of the innocent. The scandalizing of the children. Scandals will enter into the world, but woe to those for whom these scandals come about. And then Jesus gives us one of the strongest (coughs) sayings in all of the Gospel. He says, better for that person Better for that person to have a millstone around his neck and to be thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to sin. That's right. Very, very strong words. So it's not only giving bad examples through bad behavior, but also the scandalizing, the scandalizing of the, of the little ones. Scandalizing The scandalizing of the little ones. So Jesus uses very strong words. We can't deny it. Very, very strong words. Very strong words. And it's true that we are We are surrounded by many scandals, many scandals, my friends, in the world, in our country, even in the church, in our families, in the society. There are many, many scandals, many. And the words of Jesus are very strong, almost scary. Yeah, almost scary, very strong. Jesus warns us not to be a cause of scandal. Where my relatives live, they live in... um, in New Hampshire, in New London, there's actually a, there's actually a millstone, a millstone restaurant on Main Street. And I've actually eaten in the millstone restaurant. And outside the restaurant itself, there is a millstone. 
And it's uh, probably about three feet high and it's circular and it's made of of uh, of rock. New Hampshire is known as the Granite State. And it's circular and it's it's big enough to get one's head head in. Probably it weighs hundreds of pounds. So every time I go to New Hampshire and I drive down Main Street, I look at that and I think about the biblical this biblical passage. So my friends, the the opposite the very opposite of scandal or giving bad example is giving good example. So let's uh, let's try, my friends. in our lives to try to be a good example wherever we go whatever we say whatever we do the Christopher movement says it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness Jesus himself said He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. But Jesus also said that you are the light of the world. Let's pray, my friends, that all of us will be a light in the midst of darkness. So, my friends, we've had a wonderful conversation today. Some new faces. I'd like to invite all of you, my friends, to share our message to the whole world. That by our words, our talking, our conversation, that we would give good example. So I invite you to share our message to all of your friends and to the whole world. And I will give you, my friends, my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless all of you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it.